Hello and welcome to the podcast of First Congregational United Church of Christ in DeWitt, Iowa. I'm Pastor Chris, and no matter who you are or where you are on life's journey, you're welcome here. This week on the podcast, we are again keeping it simple, so you will simply find podcast worship. And I certainly hope that you will enjoy it. My usual reminder here at the top that if you like what you hear, it would be tremendously helpful if you could rate and review this podcast and share it with others. That will help more people hear this podcast and find our other stuff and hear the good news of Jesus Christ and get to know our community here in DeWitt a little bit better and maybe even find a community for themselves. Thank you so much for joining us. And with that, let's get started. Let's take a moment to prepare ourselves for worship, to prepare our minds and our bodies, our spirits and our spaces to come before our Lord and Savior. And we will do that by taking three deep breaths. Take one deep breath and become aware of God's presence all around you. No matter where we are, we are surrounded by the love of God. Take a second deep breath and be filled with a spirit of gratitude for this opportunity to worship together. We might not all be doing this at the same time, and we might not all be in the same place, but we are united by one Holy Spirit in our worship. Take a third deep breath and lay aside any thoughts or feelings that might stand in the way of being fully present in worship for the next little while. You might need to pick up those thoughts and feelings again later, and that's perfectly fine. But for now, let's put them aside. And for the next little while, for the duration of this video, let's be fully present here and fully present now. And please join me in the spirit of prayer. As we come together to worship you, O God, may our hearts be filled with the peace that surpasses all understanding. May we find harmony with each other, with our wider community, with the whole world, and with all of creation. Give us the grace, O God, to be instruments of your peace in a world so desperately in need. Come and bless the Lord. Come and worship the God of peace. Our reading today is two passages from the book of Genesis. Genesis 32, verses 13 through 20, and Genesis 33, verses 1 through 10. 
As is now usual for our recordings, this is from the new revised standard version of the Bible. If you would like to read along with that or any other version, I invite you to go to BibleGateway.com, where you can find these passages, and indeed the whole Bible, in any number of different versions and translations. So here are Genesis 32, verses 13 through 20, and Genesis 33, verses 1 through 10. So Jacob spent the night there, and from what he had with him, he took a present for his brother Esau, 200 female goats and 20 male goats, 200 ewes and 20 rams, 30 milk camels and their colts, 40 cows and 10 bulls, 20 female donkeys and 10 male donkeys. These he delivered into the hand of his servants, every drove by itself, and said to his servants, Pass on ahead of me, and put a space between drove and drove. He instructed the foremost, When Esau my brother meets you and asks you, To whom do you belong? Where are you going? And whose are these ahead of you? Then you shall say, They belong to your servant Jacob. They are a present sent to my lord Esau. And moreover, he is behind us. He likewise instructed the second and the third and all who followed the droves, you shall say the same thing to Esau when you meet him, and you shall say, moreover, your servant Jacob is behind us. For he thought, I may appease him with the present that goes ahead of me, and afterwards I shall see his face. Perhaps he will accept me. Now Jacob looked up and saw Esau coming, and four hundred men with him. So he divided the children among Leah and Rachel and the two maids. He put the maids with their children in front, then Leah with her children, and Rachel and Joseph last of all. He himself went on ahead of them, bowing himself to the ground seven times until he came near his brother. But Esau ran to meet him and embraced him, and fell on his neck, and kissed him, and they wept. When Esau looked up and saw the women and children, he said, Who are these with you? Jacob said, The children whom God has graciously given your servant. Then the maids drew near, they and their children, and bowed down. Leah likewise and her children drew near and bowed down, and finally Joseph and Rachel drew near, and they bowed down. Esau said, What do you mean by all this company that I met? Jacob answered, To find favor with my Lord. But Esau said, I have enough, my brother. Keep what you have for yourself. Jacob said, No, please. If I find favor with you, then accept my present from my hand. For truly to see your face is like seeing the face of God, since you have received me with such favor. There are three land grants hanging in my house, in a little area off the dining room. They're not really worth anything. (laughs) They're old, but documents like them aren't that rare. And to use a strange little phrase, they are not historically significant. But they are a doorway into that part of history, into a part of history that some of us don't know nearly well enough. In 1804, the United States worked out a treaty with the Sauk and the Meskwaki nations. The treaty said that these two nations would sell their land east of the Mississippi to the United States. 
It was simple and it was traditional. Land for money. There were questions, of course. There may have been some trickery. The indigenous negotiators may not have been authorized to cede land. They might have been drunk. And the United States might have included more land in the treaty than those negotiators had actually agreed to. There were enough questions, and those questions were serious enough, that there would be a war about it later. The Black Hawk War. Eight years later, in 1812, there was a different war. The United States and France and some indigenous nations were on one side, and Britain and Spain and some other indigenous nations, including the Sauk and Meskwaki, were on the other. And an ancestor of mine, Randall Davis, was on the American side. About 20 years after that, and right after the aforementioned Black Hawk War, right after some, some Sauk and Meskwaki demanded their land back, right after the United States pushed those nations out of Illinois, and right after the United States pushed those nations and some others out of eastern Iowa, the Jackson administration gave some of the land that the government had first gotten in 1804 to veterans of the War of 1812, and that administration gave some land to Randall Davis. That's how some of my family became farmers in Illinois. Right about the same time that some people made some marks on a map of Iowa and said, that will be Dubuque, and, and that will be Davenport, and that will be DeWitt. Today, we are continuing one of our two intertwined summer sermon series. We're spending some time this summer talking about being a blessing. Leading with love, praying often, practicing peace, giving thanks, being joyful, being kind, doing good, having courage, working for justice, being the light, and encouraging others. We've heard about leading with love. We've heard about praying often. And now we're here. Be a blessing. Practice peace. And we're hearing a story about making peace. But in order to understand the peace that's being made here, you need to know about the war. See, Jacob and Esau are brothers. And they're not just brothers, they're twins. And they're not just twins, they're the sons of Isaac, the son of Abraham, with whom God made a covenant. Esau is the older twin. He was born just a moment earlier. And that matters. At the moment of his birth, Esau was destined to take charge of the family when his father died. At the moment of his birth, Esau was destined by tradition to receive his father's blessing. But Jacob is the younger twin and was born just a moment later, clinging to Esau's heel, ready to pull him back and usurp him. And sometimes the younger kid is smarter, sometimes the younger kid is trickier, sometimes the younger kid can tell tradition exactly where it can go. Over the years, 
Jacob convinced Esau to give up his birthright. And when Isaac was on his deathbed, Jacob tricked Isaac into giving him the blessing that should have gone to Esau. May God give you the dew of heaven and of the fatness of the earth and plenty of grain and wine. Let peoples serve you and nations bow down to you. Be Lord over your brothers and may your mother's sons bow down to you. Cursed be everyone who curses you and blessed be everyone who blesses you. And the moment Esau learned that Jacob had done that, Esau made a promise. When his father Isaac died, Esau would absolutely, positively, without a shadow of a doubt, murder Jacob. So Jacob left. And now, well, Jacob hasn't been home in years. He hasn't been home in decades. He's gotten married and had kids. He's played some tricks and he has been tricked. And now, well, God has said to Jacob, who stole his brother's birthright and his brother's blessing, return to the land of your ancestors and to your kindred. So that's where he is going. Jacob and his wives and his children and his flocks and his servants are getting close to home. And that means that they're getting close to Esau. And Jacob knows what he did. He knows that Esau is absolutely, positively, without a shadow of a doubt, going to murder him and his wives and his children and his flocks and his servants. So he sends presents to Esau. He sends servants ahead of him with goats and sheep and camels and cows and donkeys. He sends group after group of them. And it's a lot. And it's not enough. But maybe it's enough, you know? And when they meet, Esau the firstborn and Jacob the usurper, Esau embraces Jacob and kisses Jacob and asks about the entourage that he's brought with him and tells him that it was all too much, and all but says, it's okay. I'm not going to hurt you. Welcome home. And all that God, all that Jacob can say is seeing your face is like seeing the face of God. In that moment, Jacob and Esau made peace. And they could make peace because they both know the history between them. And because Jacob could make a gesture of restitution for the things that he had done. They could make peace because Esau could extend grace. And because Jacob could accept it. We are called to practice peace. We are called to make peace. We are called to pursue peace. We are called to keep peace. And it would be nice if we could do that in a world that had never known anything else. It would be nice if we could do that in a world that had never known conflict or injustice or bloodshed or war. 
It would be nice if we could do that in Eden. But we all know the truth. There are three land grants hanging in my house in a little area off the dining room. I could burn them to ashes. I could forget the name Randall Davis. I could deny that the Treaty of St. Louis was ever written or that the War of 1812 ever happened or that the Black Hawk War ever occurred. I could omit them from the history that I tell about my family and my nation. But even if I did that, my presence here would still be a living testament to those events. That's not guilt. That's, that's not shame. That's just a fact. I can ignore the history that demands peacemaking, but I cannot erase it. I cannot erase it any more than Jacob could have erased his history with his twin brother Esau. Because even if I did ignore it, the facts would still be there. And the effects would still be there. And the pain would still be there. And any attempt to practice peace, to make peace, to pursue peace, to keep peace, to find peace among the conflict and injustice and bloodshed and war of this world has to begin with acknowledging the facts and the effects and the pain. It has to begin with people saying, we know the history between us. And then, sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes, it has to continue with someone saying, here is a gift, a gesture of restitution. It's not enough, but... Maybe it's enough, you know? And sometimes, not, not all the time, but sometimes, that gift, that gesture of restitution starts with something as simple as saying, I will listen to your story, and I will understand your feelings, and I will acknowledge the facts, and I will try to help. And then, with any luck and a whole lot of God, someone extends some grace and someone accepts it. And a little more peace shows up. And I know that's hard. I know that's hard. It, it means looking at our histories and seeing the bits that we do not want to see. For me, it has meant looking at three land grants hanging in my house in a little area off the dining room and asking why my family had them and how we got this land and learning that it came from trickery and deceit, conflict and injustice, bloodshed and war. And now I know more of the story and I can understand more of the feelings and I can acknowledge more of the facts and I can try to help with a deeper sense of the history. And I know that's hard and I'm about to make it a whole lot harder. Because the work of peace is not a one and done sort of thing. We have to practice it every day. We have to listen to the story every day. And understand the feelings 
every day and acknowledge the facts every day and try to help every day. But I can tell you that when we do that, we find a little more blessedness. And we become a little bit more of a blessing and the world gets a little bit better every day. Thanks be to God. Please join me in a moment of silent meditation. And please join me in the spirits of prayer. God who calls for peace. God who is in the midst of every conflict. God who find them, finds themselves displaced by every war. God who takes on the pain of the world and calls for peace. We know that we are called to be a people of peace. We know that we are called to practice peace, to find peace among all the troubles of this world. Help us, O oh God, to do that. Help us to confront this world as it is. Help us to confront the truths of how this world came to be. Help us to look sin squarely in the face and call for change. For we know that peace is not simply the absence of conflict, it is the presence of justice. It is the fullness of love. Grant that we might not settle for easy peace, peace that leaves injustice in place, peace that leaves conflict simmering under the surface, Peace that is simply waiting for bloodshed and war. Grant, O oh God, that we might seek deeper peace, fuller peace, more loving peace. That we might with you repair this world. Take these broken things and make them whole. We know, O oh God, that we come before you with so much, with joys and celebrations, with burdens and sorrows, with things between those and things beyond. We've so much that we want to pour out before you, so much that we want to place in your hands that you might help us hold it. Hear us, O God. Search us and know those prayers within us. Find those prayers that we cannot speak aloud, those prayers that are buried deeply within us. Hear us, O oh God, as we take a moment for silent prayer.
You, O oh God, are hurt by every conflict. You, O oh God, take on the pain of this world. Grant, grant us the grace to find peace, to keep peace, a peace that is rooted in your love and your grace and your mercy. Answer these prayers, O God, in the ways that are best for us, at the times that are best for us, and let us know always your presence among us, guiding us and upholding us as we walk this path of life. We pray all of these things and more in the name of your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, the one who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. That brings us to the end of the episode. As always, if you liked what you heard, it would be great if you could rate and review this podcast and share it with others. If you would like to get to know First Congregational United Church of Christ better, please do pay a visit to our website at uccdewitt.org. That's U-C-C-D-E-W-I-T-T dot org. You can also find us on Facebook and Twitter. If you would like to reach me, Pastor Chris, you can do that by emailing pastor at uccdewitt.org, and you can send suggestions and ideas for the podcast to podcast at uccdewitt.org. This podcast's and all of the ministries of First Congregational United Church of Christ are only possible because people like you support them. So if you enjoyed this podcast, I do encourage you to consider making a gift to the church. You can do that easily and securely on our website, the aforementioned uccdewitt.org. Our music includes Funkarama by Kevin McLeod and Gymnopedes numbers 1 and 2 by Eric Satie performed by Kevin McLeod. And you can find those tunes at incompetech.filmmusic.io. Thank you again for joining us. And with that, we are called to practice peace. Not just the feeble peace that is the absence of conflict, but the bold peace that is the presence of love. Go forth as practitioners of peace, sharing the harmony that you have found here with the whole world. Make us, O God, instruments of your peace. Where there is hatred, let us sow love. Where there is injury, pardon. Where there is doubt, faith. Where there is despair, hope. Where there is darkness, light. Where there is sadness, joy. And by doing so, may we be blessings to one another and to all of creation. Go in peace. Serve the Lord. Amen. Thank you.